far? Yeah, so far so good. I mean, the smoke is making me, uh, it gives me a certain <laughs> edge to my voice. I have asthma, so I feel like um, we now have four seasons, a fifth season, and that seems to be smoke somewhere between fall and summer. Exactly. But we had a good summer, didn't we? In terms yeah, it was of beautiful. It went by so It was the fastest summer of my life. So I'm just playing with my, um, there we go. And I, I couldn't figure out why. So I'd be like, what made the summer go so fast? And then I realized it's because we were at five different conferences, uh, having us out of the city for at least 30 days. So I feel like conferences started uh, beginning of June and then went all the way through and had us going from Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver, two in Calgary. <laughs> it was fun though, wasn't it? It was very fun. Yeah. 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 I'm very lucky to love what I do. So. Well, thank you for doing this. I know we've been wanting to get together and chat for some time now, haven't we? Yes. Yeah. I think uh, probably outside of that very busy summer I just described. Yeah. Again, we're kind of like in a one month lull and we're back on the road again. So I need to be very careful with our calendars at the moment because it's easy to absentmindedly book or, you know, double book myself right now. Right. Yeah. And is it because, is it for the app or is it? It is. Yeah. Holy. Yeah. It's all for the app, which is exciting. So yeah. yeah, I mean, we launched our beta um, on App Store quietly, kind of because, as you know, it was our first kind of uh, public product. So we didn't want to, uh, you know, bring in too many users until we saw how people were using it, what they're enjoying, um, any difficulties or roadblocks they're running into. Um, I think we have problem solved those now. And so it looks like next week we'll have our first kind of major update release that should make things a little bit easier for users, um, integrating some of the feedback we've received. Uh, and then in the next few months, we hope to start actively marketing. So right now we've just kind of put ourselves quietly out there. Mm -hmm. um, we still reached about 500 users just through really quiet, organic growth. Um, lots of people are using it a lot, which is exciting. We have one user has already added over 240 recommendations. Um, we have a handful of daily users. And I mean, those are big recommendations with like multiple paragraphs and all the photos and we've gotten random emails from people saying they've used it as their primary planning tool for trips in europe it's really neat though because oh gosh if i want to book something i don't know even know where to look like i go on vrbo airbnb yeah uh, expedia westjet <laughs> like yeah. how do you there's too many you know like kayak i i mean where do yeah. you start what's a good hotel and yeah sure there's random people on there that have recommended stuff but it would kind of be nice to have a community itself right? yeah and you said the keyword they're random and so all of the mainstream sites every existing review site works now to serve the mainstream uh and or to serve the masses might be a better word right they kind of group everyone together and they apply a quantitative value to a qualitative experience they say we're going to say the number one restaurant in calgary is the one that has the most top reviews and when you look at that, that doesn't really work because what do you have in common with those people? Uh, do you have the same preferences, experience, taste? And so in serving the masses, existing review sites totally miss the nuances of preference, need, taste, um, you know, that makes this each unique. And, and that's kind of what makes you text one friend or someone you know to ask for their recommendations somewhere. That's exactly the problem we ran into is it took so many sources and so many different platforms to kind of hodgepodge together a proper travel inspiration, research, planning, and then booking um, uh, that it, it didn't really make any sense. We're like, there must be a better system out there. Plus everything, every existing platform doesn't even connect you to the recommendations or that you actually want or the information you want. And so we found any way you went about it, if you asked an individual for a recommendation, first you had to remember who you knew had been there. You send them a text or an email, you're at their mercy for when they decide to text you back. 
And then you get a list and then you have to take that list and you have to research each individual place in your chosen method. Google, Facebook, usually multiple, right? You might look at a TripAdvisor, look at it on Google and then look at their Instagram account to get like the idea of who likes that place, what the feeling is, are they still open? And then you have to plot it on a map and see, okay, is this even close to where I'm staying? Is this my price range? There's just so much work to do. Um, and you have to remember who's been there or your starting point might be Instagram. You're like, okay, I remember seeing someone Someone I know was in Vietnam. What were they posting? Where were they? You have to go through their accounts. If it was on a story, it's gone forever unless you screenshotted it and saved it for yourself. Now you got to go find it. <laughs> you got to find it, but there's no way to search who's been to Vietnam. Uh, so the we I, I keep mentioning Vietnam because that's where we came up with the idea. My husband and co-founder Jason and I we were on our honeymoon in Vietnam and we're sitting on one of the most beautiful beaches in the world, uh, glued to our computer, our phone, and two different guidebooks. And also to travel for six weeks with, you know, two different guidebooks for every country we're going to, it, we're like, this is ridiculous. And every guidebook recommends three places. Then we have to look it up. I'm digging through Instagram and Facebook because my husband, ironically, is not on social media. Um, he's going through TripAdvisor, looking at every photo, trying to see what these people are like. You know, you get people who are panning a beautiful hotel because in the tropics, they found a spider in their bathtub. Like it was just so disjointed, so disorganized and so impersonal. Right. Like, and, and oftentimes when you're looking at these guidebooks, you know, anybody that's in media or marketing or advertising will know that that is a paid ad, not actually uh, organic from somebody to say, hey, you know what, that actually is a good spot to go. Not the person exactly. that's got the biggest bank account. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. To get on the front landing page for Google or TripAdvisor and highly competitive markets costs into the several tens of thousands of dollars. And you can't even establish commonality with someone. So you land on a business page and maybe you've Googled them and you've moved off Google onto TripAdvisor to get a feeling for the place. You have no idea who's losing, who's who's recommending it, giving it five stars or giving it one star. You don't know what you have in common with them. You know, it could be a 55-year-old from um, Saskatchewan who had sushi for the first time and gave a sushi restaurant a one star. You know, and we were saying, well, what if you could connect with a sushi chef and see what they recommend or see what their favorite sushi places are? Mm -hmm. So the problem with existing sites, you know, it's a platform, it's a soapbox for anyone. And you can easily establish, like, where is that person coming from that they gave that review? That is so interesting. Now, how important are reviews out there in this day and age? Well, they're very important. But if we break that down a little bit further, we focus on recommendations precisely because, again, every review site, and they're called review sites, they, they operate on the same premise of awarding a one through five star rating to, to a business. However, it, it's problematic for the business in that 94% of consumers will avoid or change their mind about going to a business once they see a negative review. Yes. Like, well, how are you supposed to, you have no control over user generated content. And again, you can't control if you get a one star from a person who's just having a miserable day. Often you'll see one stars come from someone who's left like 20 other one stars they basically go there to complain about bad experience they've had and maybe they're just in the wrong business you know if a vegan goes to a steakhouse with no vegetarian options they might pan the restaurant but that doesn't mean that you as a steak lover isn't going to find a, a fantastic place so that's what seek peak does is it, it's broken it down and and made it easy so you can find recommendations from people who you have something in common with or whose taste you admire or appreciate it's interesting that you tie it back to Vietnam and a, a real world experience where you and your husband just were wondering, where do we start? You know, all these books, all these sites, yeah. and it's digital clutter, isn't it out there? 
Absolutely. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just a scattering of information. None of it's concise and none of it's personal. And it, we're like, this is such a painstaking process. There has to be a better way. And we kind of put everything down. We thought, well, let's do it. Let's make the better way. So from there we went in our next major city, I tracked on an English bookstore and we bought Sprint and we started planning out our Sprint. Oh, Sprint is a book that kind of walks you through how to sprint an idea. Um, we took it a little bit further than that, but it helped kind of map out our first, our, our first ideas. And it's funny, I had like a little book that I was trying to keep track of where we went in our honeymoon right. and it became a business planning book. So it became our first notebook for Seek Peak, where I was mapping out UI designs and functionality and features. And it was interesting because we were actively traveling everywhere we went, people had the same pain point as us. And so fast forward several years now, we took a little bit of a break. Um, at the moment I had a very busy real estate business. Um, we ended up have starting our family a little bit sooner than we anticipated. Uh, we bought a house and did a massive renovation, almost rebuilt it. So, you know, we're kind of like, once you're, it's hard to, to shed that entrepreneurial. <laughs> you, you can be taking on too many projects and find yourself taking on too many projects. But uh, circling back, I stayed home with my daughter for about two years. And I was like, okay, if someone else builds this, and we didn't take our shot. Like, how will I ever live with myself? How will I ever be able to, ah. you know, if we have, I, I started the idea, we started building it and mapping it out. And uh, as I was home, I was still reading business books and obsessively listening to business podcasts. And I kept my notebooks going with what it would look like and what the theme was. And suddenly I said to Jason, I said, we just have to do this. Let's just we'll start small and let's just start building and, and see where it takes us. So how long has it been since the build to launch? I have been working on this full time since March 2020 pretty well. Um, so it started off started off part time and then swiftly grew into above full time. Uh, and our, our product's been on the app store again quietly for about a month, six weeks, I guess. Actually, I guess about two months now, but just quietly again, just to open up our pool of testers because we were keeping our beta very closed. We had an invite only group of maybe about 100 people testing it. Close and friends, family, and yeah. Yeah, and some people we didn't know that well. Um, people would just be email. What was neat about the project is um, I just kind of put it on Instagram. First, always testing, seeing who our product was, seeing what stuck with people, seeing what people liked. Um, and also, you know, just carving out the name, mm -hmm. um, kind of getting, you know, getting our placeholder out there. Um, and what was very interesting to me is with very few followers, um, we started getting crazy, crazy engagement, like 27,000 impressions of a post. Um, when we only had like 700 followers and people in businesses uh, emailing us asking to get involved, how can we get involved? Um, most, most notably, we had a 21 property uh, luxury hotel and restaurant chain based oh in Europe goodness. and Asia. See our Instagram, reach out to me. Um, I had a meeting with their executive of marketing for the whole brand and includes Michelin star restaurants in Rome, like very, very chic group um, asking us to be involved. They're like, we don't know what you are, but we need to get involved. And so I had a meeting with them and onboarded all of their businesses. Wow. Um, now, is it always, or is it only the chic or is it also the mom and pop restaurants? It's everything. And what's pretty neat about net, network effect and a networked platform is it's kind of a choose your own adventure. Seek people reflect back to you after a little bit of use, your own interests, your own niche, what, how you like to travel. Um, I think we've been early on somewhat, I want to say pigeonholed because it can work for the luxury set. It can also work for someone in the, you know, who a budget traveler who wants to find authentic experiences. Our whole thing is circling it back to the person. 
and saying that, you know, you and I might have very different ex experiences in the same place and very different opinions on what we deem to be the best or our favorite place. And that's fine. We can seek our own path on SeekPeak and find recommendations from people like us who have our same preferences and tastes. Right. So, so I have the app and yeah. for somebody that's listening to this app, would they, so they download it off the app store. Yes. And is it currently only on Apple? It is, yes. Okay. So we, we coded on something called React Native yes. for our uh, <laughs> fellow geeks out there. Very it's familiar a, with that. <laughs> yeah. You say it with a deep sigh. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it's good. It's a good one. <laughs> yeah. That was a big choice. I feel like you're like, do I go this way? As, as I'm sure you know, making that decision for, for which it's kind of like picking your undergrad or, your, or which university you choose to go to. Where do you start? It's yeah. all a learning, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Yes, absolutely. Yes, a very steep learning curve. As somewhat of like a learning addict, I would almost call myself. Like I love learning. Um, it's that's I think why I, I I love working on it so much. Like it's isn't true. it fun though? Like I love it. Yeah. Even the challenges, even the stresses, I still enjoy. Like I genuinely am so passionate about the project. Um, that yeah I, I find it very fun but so sorry we, we coded on react native which means for those of you there who aren't familiar that we're about halfway on android so we went forward with iphone because it's about 90 percent of um, north american travelers um are on iphone so it's the most widely used ios is the most widely used platform for our demographic, demographic. which we you know we you have to pinpoint one and so we said it was people who travel frequently was kind of who we were looking to to uh we realize would be our first audience. When you look at the world as a whole, it's like where technology is used mainly. So Android is in certain areas of the world, yes, North yeah. America, like you said, Apple. Yeah. Uh, and then it's like Nokia back, you know, it's overseas. And Asia, yeah, Asia, I mean, is predominantly Android. Samsung. And, and it makes sense because you look, I mean, first of all, um, just the way that Apple's marketed, right? It, you know, it's very easy to use. Um, it has a very, very high price point, which I think was wrapped into part of its appeal. But you also look, North American telecommunications plans usually have a device buy-on. So, you know, Canadians pay the most out of any other country for our mobile plans. And so baked into that, we get devices. So it kind of makes sense when, when you look at why that is beyond just their marketing being incredibly successful. Um, so we found, but definitely our, our list of Android people waiting for us to, to develop on Android is, is growing. So we're hope right now, we're part of the reason we're going to all the conferences, we're actively fundraising. I'm sure you remember that step as well. Um, so we're looking for the right partners to move us forward. Um, we're, we're building out our team right now. So we're talking to some CTOs, so chief technical officers to bring on board, um, getting some communication team members, um, hopefully to wrap that up kind of end of the year and then be able to move forward with it with further feature development development on android etc have you talked to a few of the pr companies out here so jason and i have bootstrapped the project entirely so we are we own 100 of the company right now um but it also puts us in a position we're not spending money right now on anything so what's also pretty unique with SeekPeak is it's been 100 organic we have 55 notable users so those are experts tastemakers um, we've stayed away from influencers and, and we've literally tried to put there on our homepage. There's first suggested follows for everyone, but everyone can access their little book of favorite places. So it's kind of like opening up our app is like having access to the Rolodex of Canada's top chef, award-winning sushi chefs, star architects and designers, furniture. Walker players. McKinley. Yep. Walker's one of them. That's right. 
Um, Cause we were like, hey, when you travel, imagine that you couldn't just text your friend who lived in Los Angeles and say, what should I do while I'm here? Imagine you could type in Los Angeles, see everyone has recommendations there and pick out chefs and artists and designers and facialists, like people who specialize in what you're looking for. And that's, that's what you can do neat. on CP. So you could literally right now type in, we have a Google API plugin, which means we show millions of businesses if it appears on Google, it appears on SeekPeak, but we've repackaged it. So it's chic, it's super user-friendly. It shows you who recommends a place. It shows you, it lets you get an instant contact mm -hmm. uh, with the business. So you can instantly pull up a text uh, or a phone call from their page within us. You can save it to an upcoming trip on which you can collaborate with others. You can save it to a list to remember later. Um, except again, it's with that filter of, of who recommended it. Just trying to pull it up so, here. Yeah. So for instance, I'll go back to that search. It's one of my favorite features is you could right now type in Paris and it will show you everyone has a recommendation in Paris because our whole point is on everything else you can type in Paris restaurant and just see Paris restaurants. And it's overwhelming. There's like thousands of them. Where do you even begin? And they have the number one rated, but like you said, how do you know they didn't pay for that spot? Or, you know, how do you know they even have something on the menu they like? So what we're saying is take it many steps back the best recommendation always begins with a person. So find someone like you, find someone you respect, you admire, and see what they specifically recommend where you're going. You know, what I just love about it is that the UI UX and how literally sleek this design is <laughs> and user friendly. When I was looking at it, I said, holy smokes, did Apple create this? <laughs> like, <laughs> it was so clean. Oh, I love that. Thank you. Yeah. I was. And I know what it takes to put that effort in yes yeah so i'm completely i i do not know how to code at all um oh there we go okay yeah thank you um but i art i would say i art directed it because it would be i designed it but then for our developers had to well i designed it basically um and our developers had to, to code it yeah code it yeah but you know i'm uh i the logo i designed it was to capture that moment when you're taking off and you happen to catch a sunrise or a sunset to the airplane window. Yes. Of literally the color gradient taken from a, a shot of sunrise or sunset. And then I applied that as our as our color scheme throughout in our branding. And the idea to be calm, cool, collected, um, because that's what I think the travel planning process should be. It should be a joy. And yeah, you know what? Because we always see a very loud and in your face. This is very, like you said, calm, collective. Uh, peaceful but yet it's sophisticated where you know somebody that's on this app is actually putting in that effort to want to maneuver through what they're looking for exactly so yeah yeah exactly again where it's pretty surprising but the most frequent traveling set the mm -hmm. discerning traveler is completely unserved by existing review sites and there's there's so many cool features that you, and again we 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 were slow to market because we took a long time. We spoke to lots of people. We did lots of user research um, to design something that was really solving a problem for people. Um, you know, we used it ourselves uh, everywhere we went this summer, but in Toronto, what was pretty cool, uh, we were out there for Collision, which is, mm -hmm. they call it Coachella for geeks. <laughs> and Collision, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a huge tech conference. So we ended up in an unusual area of Toronto we're not familiar with. Um, we pulled up Seek Peak and we thought, well, let's go find a place for dinner before we have to head to the evening events. So we're scrolling through and on the place card, it will show you every restaurant, just as if you're on Google, but we've kind of repackaged it into really easy to see cards that show the picture, the name of the restaurant, anyone who's recommended it. 
So we're going through, and it'll show you what's near you. So we're going through places, there's no recommendations, and all of a sudden there's this one place, and it's recommended by two people from different sides of the country who do not even know each other, but are both remarkable. One is a Yves Saint Laurent stylist in Toronto, and one is a world champion bartender. I think he's based in Vancouver now. And they both recommended the same place. So we said, okay, let's go check out this restaurant. It's a total, I want to say hole in the wall. It was so unassuming. We would have walked right past it. It did not on the street stand out from any other restaurant. Um, and there actually were no people inside. So we were like, okay, but these guys say it, you know, let's go test our, let's go test our theory. Um, we go in and we don't see any people because everyone's in the back. It's this absolutely gorgeous garden out back, oh packed with locals. We would have had no, and we're overhearing conversations. These are, you know, I overheard that someone was working at fashion television or something of the like, like it was a really cool set of people. It was packed back there and it was a very modern, chic Italian place with natural wines and, um, you know, unique dishes. We never in a thousand years would have gone in had we not seen it was recommended by these two people. Wow. You never know, oh. right? And this was oftentimes those places would just walk by. So interesting. Yeah. So that's kind of seek peek in a nutshell. That's walking through two of my favorite features, but. Have you and Jason always been foodies and travel junkies? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've, uh, <laughs> I joke that I kind of like inadvertently been training for exactly this my whole life because I um, started, you know, my parents instilled a love of travel in me very young. Uh, so I started traveling frequently and, and pretty far reaching when I was young. Um, I took my first solo trip when I was, 16 to go visit family overseas um and that was my first time going to Paris and oh London and, and all of that and um and I've kind of just never stopped traveling since uh I did my so I have an honors I have a first class honors degree in communications from UFC uh that I had a large international component to uh, I lived in Sweden for one semester and I studied international rhetoric and cross-cultural communications then coming back to Calgary um, I did my honors thesis in marketing in a specific region of Europe. Uh, and then I TA'd senior level courses in globalization in Ecuador, um, focusing on globalization and cultural theory. Right. So um, yeah. <laughs> learning is uh, definitely something you're interested in and travel, <laughs> travel is definitely something. Yeah, exactly. And then food. And then, you know, uh, making my way to university, I worked in Calgary's hospitality industry. Um, and I have many wonderful friends who operate, own, work within, uh, keep the lights on and the best of Western Canada's establishments. And I have a lot of respect for that industry. And um, I've always wondered, you know, when you pull up TripAdvisor, the restaurants that they recommend, we're like, we would never mm -hmm. recommend this as someone coming to Calgary as the places they should check out. Mm -hmm. You know, a pizza delivery place shouldn't be our number one restaurant and, and it's not. So there's this total disjoint between editorial opinion and public opinion that these websites have gathered. And unless you know which editorial to look at for a specific city, that's not accessible information for people. So Seek Peak, there's no actual five-star reviews on it. No, no, it's purely recommendation. recommendation. The whole idea being, it's like you can go to my profile and see all of my favorite places around the world without having to have a conversation with me, ask me what they are, and it's networked to the actual business itself. So you can go to my profile, see every city I've been to right. that I have recommendations in, see all my recommendations, and then go on the business profile. And so, yeah, that would so here be- Here we go. So we're exactly, here on- yeah. Yeah, and go and she's one of our actual notable users. That's Canada's top chef winner, Nicole Gomez. Mm -hmm. um, you would go and you could 
click on the businesses, see where they're on a map, see the photos of them, see who else recommends them, get a feeling of, of what the place is like, what their fans are like, and then save it to an actual upcoming trip. Um, let's say you and I were traveling together, I could add you as a collaborator on the trip um, and we could plan together in live time, leave, leave little notes like this looks cool, let's go here Friday night, what do you think about this? Um, or save it to a list if you don't have an upcoming trip you're just like general places i have one list going of just cool places i see recommended that i'd like to remember for one day um i've seen other people have similar lists uh, and the whole idea being that's totally networked and it, it it's like carrying a curated rolodex in your pocket for everywhere you want to go fantastic yeah no star ratings because it, it doesn't make any sense you don't ask your friend hey where's everywhere you went in paris and what did you think of it it's like you just want the recommendations it's true. Yeah, we don't want the sh the crappy places. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We don't want the three stars or the one stars. We, oh. we want to see what you like. What do you recommend? What were your standout places? You know, I want to go try that. And that and that's what you do regularly all the time. Um, but it's not captured in any sort of network searchable database. Right. So the businesses couldn't get affected by this. So you can say on say a business's profile, I don't recommend this place. You, you it would write that. Yeah, it would be removed for not being. Yeah, the part of our user agreement is that you know we have, we will remove things that aren't on point with our content. So simple flagging system. You see something that's not a review, or it's not a recommendation. You're a business. You can flag it, and it gets removed. I like that it it feeds off of the positivity that we yeah. all need. You know, and especially totally. in that time. And it, like you said, it's such a basic thing. Yeah, we don't ask. What was the worst place you went to in Paris? You don't ask. Yeah. No, we're like that's been done. That we don't need to. We don't need to replicate that. There's a place. Yelp is there, right? And yep, Yelp, TripAdvisor, Google, Facebook, literally everything else. They want to know what your worst and your best was, and we're saying that's been done. We don't need to reinvent the wheel, but what we're giving is direct access to people's recommendations, their favorite places. And we we're always we're always going to stay authentic. Like we there's I believe there's a big enough opportunity to have a symbiotic relationship between customer and business. We don't need we can serve better serve the business by just having the recommendations, just showing what their fans say about them. And it better serves the user because it's more concise content. When you go on, you know that you're just looking for recommendations. Right. Um, and so the way it will work, I mean, you'll never be able to pay to be recommended on SeekPeak. Because That's what I was we don't need to. Yeah. yeah, we don't need to. We're saying, look, people are going to go on and they're going to find you organically. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're going to find who's recommended you. Uh, they're going to see maybe, you know, something else you could do is go to your favorite restaurant, see who else recommended it, and they will go see what they recommended. And that's an organic process that we will never interrupt because there, there's no need to. And I like that you guys are not just looking at the venue as a whole or a restaurant. It's talk to the chef and the chef will recommend certain things and exactly yeah of course that's what if any foodie wants is to talk to the chef and what made you yeah the, and we actually you know. even captured that in a feature we have a feature it's called who works here okay. and it's a tab on a business page and you can literally see if the business has signed up with us it's all about the extra features that businesses get to communicate better with people who were interested in visiting them in the first place but you can put up who works here so you can put up the owner the chef the bartender and it links to their profile and you can see all their recommendations. So it's capturing that moment when you're traveling that you might ask the bartender or the chef at a place that you really loved, hey, where else should I go after this? Oh, I love it. Now you can just go to their profile and, and connect with it. You know, it's uh, brilliantly simple as I'd call it when you're done. <laughs> you. Amazing, wow. Because it's something we say every day, like what would you recommend? Yet, you know, 
this is so unique and new to the market. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so it's exciting. So now we're just um, yeah. now you're now you're fundraising. Now you guys are traveling around. Um, yeah. What's the feedback been in terms of going to these events and sharing what you guys have done? Excitingly, it's been like so so positive. It's pretty exciting. Oh yeah. We have many people who are you know, for lack of a better phrase, leaders in the Canadian tech landscape say that we are solving an actual problem. Um, they can't think of another competitor in the space that's doing what we're doing um, and that they love the product. But yeah, like it's just, it's so simple. It's just, it's, it's surprising to me. Visual branding is so, visual marketing is so important and key in most, in all of the world's leading travel and tourism brands. However, it's totally exempt from uh, the sites people use to find these places. 100%. Like, right? Oh like yellows and blues and reds. And I understand the psychology of primary colors and drawing attention to it, but it's, it's not pleasurable to go through. Tacky. Tacky, yeah. Yeah, the, and the editorials understand that, you know, there's Gook, there's Condé Nast, there's Kinfolk. So I'm like, why don't we have a socially networked platform that looks and feels like them? Mm. Yes, yours does very much feel like Gook <laughs> yeah. and Condé Now, okay. You put it together thinking these yeah. colors, this font. Okay. Yeah. So it's been, it's been exciting that um, it's, you know, cause as, as I'm sure, you know, as someone who's also developed an app, you, you know, you end up spending a lot of time alone and a lot of time with your project. And, you know, I spent a lot of time with our coders and developers. And then, so it's kind of funny. You also like peek your head up. You're like, okay, I'm ready. I have my product. You know, you're kind of putting it out there. Like, what do you guys think? It's been very exciting to us that it's been all, incredibly positive feedback. Has it been hard to get funding though, in terms of pitching to investors, creating a pitch deck saying, what do you guys think? Are you interested? Yeah, like I, that is a full-time, I mean, so oh, I'm yeah. CEO and uh, and 10 other things. Like it's, it, it's a good thing, I love it because, and that's why I think, you know, you persevere when it's passion because I never would have lasted this long if I wasn't genuinely, because also, you know, essentially volunteering up until this point too, which is- It, it all is volunteering, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, you're never getting paid the, the yeah. full hours you put in. Um, and I also have a one, I have a 20 month old and a four and a half year old. So- a Busy it, life. Yeah. Very, very busy. Um, so the fundraising itself, I mean, you know, pitch decks are hard because it's like, hey, compress your big, huge project you've been working on for two years into 20 slides. And then you send it to someone, they're like, we just want 10 slides. And like, okay. And then you send us what else? We're like, we want 25 slides. We're like, okay. <laughs> but we, we've been, um, we've kept it somewhat close to our chest in the sense that we really want to find the right partner. Mm -hmm. So we have sent out a shockingly small amount of decks and been asked for meetings with about 75% of the people we sent it to. Right. So it's the yeah. energy. Is it the synchronicity is like, do we align? Are we on the same yeah, page? I got good advice early on. That's like, you're essentially getting married. Like this person is jumping on early. Um, and yeah, it, they can bring so you want to be looking for more than just, than just a check. Mm -hmm. um, you know, their experience, their connections, their, you know, they're bringing, you're bringing them onto their team. And so we're in, we're in the place right now where again, it's just Jason and I. So we're very carefully building on our team. We want, you know, the proper CTO, <coughs> proper communications and assistants and sales and investors. You know, they're part of the team. Mm -hmm. So I was looking for someone who is just as enthusiastic and you need a cheerleader. We're in the growth, in the growth stage, you know, where 
just launching brand new pre-revenue pre-team so you need to have a really positive energy you need to have someone who will support you and wants to see you grow and succeed you know not the anchor the catapult yeah totally exactly yeah so we we've been um learning and kind of soaking up the scene through osmosis right submerging ourselves in it getting a feel for it understanding it not making rash decisions and 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 seeing our investors as part of our team. So um, next up is we're going to um, uh, disrupt in San Francisco, which we're very excited for in October. Kind of taking taking the show to the US. <laughs> As a business, if I'm wanting to be a part of CCAP, how does that work? Yeah, you just email us. Okay for the time being. So as I mentioned, you know, we're fundraising to build out, we have our roadmap for the next two years of features that we plan to have mm -hmm. unfolded. Um, we made a decision, you, you have to make lots of decisions, what will go in your MVP, your minimum viable product. Ours is an extremely robust, I wouldn't even really call ours an MVP because we kind of went a bit further and built version one, right. beta version one. Um, so for those of you listening outside of tech, beta just means kind of like, not what we in you know very first version so somewhat in testing somewhat to see what you think it's like literally our very first rollout and we had to choose do our users have it been function or do our businesses have it been function so we chose users obviously because then people can log on and use it and businesses right now we're adding them on manually we're, we're manually coding a business in and so when they say when like as you said when a business wants to get involved what does that mean because we've had some people say well, how do you say authentic if you if businesses can be part of Seek Peak? It, wait, isn't like I got some messages once when I reshared, I think something nice a business one said about us. And I got like three different messages saying, hey, I thought that, you know, this is supposed to be authentic recommendations and personal connection. Right. And I was very genuine, like, I'm so glad you asked that. Do you mind me sharing that on our Instagram? Because if you're saying it, surely 100 other people are thinking it. And we really, I, I'm not sure if you're... Well, I'm sure you're aware but, um, of all the things going on with zero party data. Yes. Yeah. And that's essentially where, um, and correct me if in, or if you have anything to add to my, my sure. intro to it, but it's essentially where everyone's benefiting from shared information. So, you know, there's third party data, um, which the demise of third party tracking, you know, lots of businesses and marketers are a little bit nervous about because that essentially means that, um, you know, Apple and Facebook will lose a lot of the people that they're able to track the rest of your outside web browsing history right. for instance to get an idea what what kind of ads they should be showing you and what we're saying is we can connect you to well we can provide like a bridge of connection between business and consumer that isn't us putting the business necessarily forward to be recommended but instead making the communication easier, allowing businesses to share more about themselves. So when you land on their page organically, you see more about them, you have more opportunity to connect with them and communicate with them. And we act more as an intermediary than an interrupter in that process. Sure. So rather than holding the business hostage and saying, you'll only find out about them, like if they pay us enough money, mm -hmm. we're saying everything's out there, go have fun, find and follow people who you see things in common with, discover new businesses, um, and for businesses that, that subscribe with us, they get more robust profiles, you know, more pictures, they get added description, um, things that we're not pulling from Google for all businesses. And that's amazing. Um, now, if a business wants to join, do they, is there a fee currently or not right now? Not right now. Right now we're free. Right now you're free. Okay. Now we're free. There will be, that's kind of our monetization plan. Of course. Yeah. That is how, and that's how all of these sites operate, whether the mm -hmm. user knows it or not is, you know, it's like a directory listing site. Kind of, I've, I've created a few before, so yeah. I understand that where it's like claim a page, claim a listing. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. So right now, if what we pull, pull from Google has three photos, no description, somewhat right. limited contact link. And what we're saying, you know, there'll be lots of features for businesses rolled out that when they join, they get access basically to just make their profile more robust, make it easier for people, their customers to communicate with them. I love it. Um, and would it be per month? Is it a per month cost? You're gonna that's the idea. Yeah. But right now it's free and we're calling this like, you know, it's all rolling forward, you know, could be changing, but right now we're calling it like an, an enhanced profile. We might play around with that. You've been verified by us or, you know, we have some other really exciting features coming. Um, that I would suggest that people sign up to hear about um, because I don't want to release it too soon. No, but sure. just things that allow for greater matching between business and person. Again, not with us interrupting, yeah. not with us promoting that, that business or putting them ahead of others, but simply saying, hey, these are some things about you that this business specifically serves and allowing you to search for that to be kind of, you know, we have we have it planned out, but to, to leave some mystery in the air. Um, but, you know, businesses will have to subscribe because obviously it takes our time and energy to facilitate that level of search. So, so as an entrepreneur and as an innovator, I would have to say, because this okay. is unique. Um, I'm happy that you're from Calgary, first of all, you guys are from <laughs> Calgary, so that makes it happy. Um, <laughs> where do you see yourself in five years from now with this? Or what do you hope to see? I really hope. Let's put this see- as a time capsule. A yeah. digital time capsule. Yeah. I love to see SeekPeak as a, as a disruptor for what I view as a long stale industry. I think that online review sites have long, um, you know, they haven't been serving travelers very well or consumers for a long time. And so I'd like to see SeekPeak pull up as an actual disruptor for them. So my dream is that in five years, SeekPeak is, you know, at least uh, is a global name that people know as well as they know Goop or they know TripAdvisor and then they see us and that businesses know as a, a viable second choice to what I think is quite frankly extortive sales tactics on behalf of online review sites. <laughs> when you look at Goop and you look at Condé Nast and what they've done, what is it that attracts you to it? Because obviously, you know, again, some people must love TripAdvisor and that's fine. Yeah. yeah. There's some look with Goop and I find it calming. Like I, you know, I come from a communications background. Um, I love design. I have a minor in art. I, uh, I, there's something about like a printed magazine that I really love and that, or, you know, fast company, I would, I would identify as one that who has really, I think made the transition quite smoothly and innovatively over to the, to the Apple news format. Um, but there's something that, a print magazine, or like I said, Fast Company, or going on Goop's website, or Condé Nast, or Kinfo, Carper's Bazaar, um, that kind of lets you slow down and become immersed in the temporal culture they've created for you and absorb the information. And planning, researching, reading, going through their articles, it's an enjoyment. And part of that is really like, again, the temporal um, environment they've created. I think very much so is going on in, in like the VR, virtual reality, what's Facebook's meta world. I think that the right publication has the power to do that in letting you disconnect from the outside world for a little bit and have joy in what you're learning and what you're researching. And so I wanted to create that. Can you see VR and AR being applied in the future? 
Oh, I'm sure. Sometimes I need to like set boundaries for myself for what, <laughs> for what I what uh, what I learned. But the more you learn, the more you say it's endless, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And yeah, and that's like one thing I love about Seek Peak is I feel like we're. I wanted to have the feel of an editorial with an ever unfolding supply of information because of its of our network effect. So, are there possibilities for VR? I'm sure. I mean, how cool would it be if you you know could. Absolutely, there would be, I, I could see a place for VR. But Zach, I have to put that down for net, like, put that on my schedule for like in six months, I'll allow myself to maybe learn more. No, it. no, that's for sure. Are you enjoying the journey thus far though? I love it. Yeah, I'm loving it. Yeah, I really, really love it. I'm, you know, excited, at times nervous. You know, sometimes you have that wake up in three in the morning and you're like, what have I done? What am I doing? <laughs> Where am I on the journey? <laughs> but this is the right tra track you're on, so. Oh, I'm thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, well, you know, hopefully we just keep going up and up from here. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Sydney. Thank you, Zach.